test rules. From the Pearson Signature Dealership Studio, this is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, WRNL Richmond and WRVQ HD2 Richmond. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days. When the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days. When the mama What's going on, Richmond? Good morning, good afternoon. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, your home for the Washington Commanders, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, Virginia Tech football, and the Washington Nationals, who are in New York for game number three in that three-game series against the Yankees, a day game today with the first pitch at 105. I'll hand it off to the Pre-game coverage at 12.35 as they get you set for Patrick Corbin against Michael King. Corbin 8-11 on the season for the Washington Nationals. And that's where we will start right now. Catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet. It's definitely not the sports phone. It's time for the sports app. Here it is, everybody. So Washington won the first game of the series against the New York Yankees, and they that skid led to nine losses. That was their most losses in a row since 1982. Well, Aaron Judge's three home runs yesterday helped the Yanks avoid the worst skid since 1913. I mean, my goodness. Um, that's where we're starting right here on the sports app, tracking the Washington Nationals, who are 58-69 and 69 on the season, just a half game back of the New York Mets. It's just wild to me. Last year, best season in baseball for both teams in New York in a while. This year, the worst season in baseball for both teams in New York for a while. And so Aaron Judge was just so good last night. We've got to play the audio for you. He got it started with a solo home run. Well, once again, it'll be a 2-2. Swung on, hit high in the air to center. Back goes Thomas looking, and she is gone. They finally have the lead. <laughs> a judging blast to deep right center field. And then Aaron Judge once again in the seventh inning, or excuse me, in the second inning, homers to center on a grand slam. Here's the 1-0 to Judge. Swung on, hit in the air to center field. Back you can hear the Thomas crowd. On the track, at the wall, she is gone. It's a grand slam. Well, think about it. Yankees fans never have to wait 10 days for their team to get a win. They had to wait nine games now because of this skid. Uh, and then Aaron Judge caps off his night with another one in the seventh. Let's take a listen to the call. Here's the 3-2. Swung on, head in the air to right field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. His third home run of the game. A judging blast to right field. And the Yankees take an 8-0 lead. 
Yankees go on to win 9-1 thanks to Aaron Judge's career high. Six RBIs almost single-handedly snapping the Yankees' first nine-game losing streak in 41 years with a victory over the Nats 9-1. Nats fans were really sad last night when Stone Garrett fractured his left fibula in last night's game per the Washington Nationals. He had been such a good player for the Nats this season, really coming on strong. Take a listen to Stone Garrett's career. He was drafted in 2014. In the During the pandemic 2020 and 2021, when ma- minor league baseball was off, he got into real estate. <laughs> Found his way back into the majors with the Diamondbacks through LinkedIn. Made his MLB debut in early 2022 and has been a stud for the Nats as of late. Over his last 48 bats, a power hitter really caught on fire a legit bat. Batting 333 with a 583 slugging percentage. Also 12 RBIs in his last 48 bats, killing the baseball. The Nats signed him from Arizona. And so Stone Garrett will be on his way back to D.C. where he will be further evaluated by team doctors. Sounds like they'll get an MRI to determine if there's anything beyond the fractured fibula. If you were watching the game last night, it really did look like a serious injury. What was it? A, a collision or something? Yeah. Do we have uh, the call? He he yeah, went yeah. to the uh, he went to try to make a grab against the wall. Uh, Let's take a listen. That one's driven out to right field and deep. When I watch the replay, his his leg like turns. It's it's bad. That's a tough bone to break. Yeah, Ooh. dude. It sucks because he had been batting so well. Continuing here in Major League Baseball, baseball here on the Sports app, Angels Shohei Otani will not pitch again this season. He had a tear in his collateral ligament ligament in his right elbow, and the Angels are shutting him down for the season. Uh, he won't pitch again. Of course, he's been one of the most exciting players in baseball. He hit his major league leading 44th home run moments before exiting the start. Uh, I mean, just so good this season. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens here. Remember, we don't know where he's going to end up playing next season. Um, And just he was going to have one of the most incredible seasons in baseball history. Still might if he's able to still bat, but... Uh, we knew that he had been struggling at uh, on the mound. He had that fingernail issue, and now another issue here, and they take him out. Let's move over to pro soccer here on the sports app. Messi magic continues. He does it now every single game, and in my opinion, and maybe I'm just a Cristiano Ronaldo guy, but it's not how good Lionel Messi is. It's how bad soccer in America is. Messi leads Miami to a thrilling win to reach the U.S. Open Cup final, inspiring a thrilling comeback to help Miami overcome a 2-0 deficit to beat FC Cincinnati on penalties last night to reach the finals. He delivered two amazing crosses onto the head of Leonardo Campana. Here's the call on the second goal with just a minute left in stoppage time. Messi miracle. Seemingly able to save Who's it. By finding it, he does! Rinse and repeat! There's that combination again! Now, I know you're not a soccer fan. This is one of the best calls ever. Listen to this. The stop- 
doesn't pull passes. A rabbit's out of his magic hat. He pulls kangaroos to sink his flamers into the hearts of the flying Garys. A wonderful finish from Campana. But again, Lionel Messi drops that pint of beer into the shot glass at the other end of the bar in a different village. <laughs> Astonishing in his accuracy. <laughs> Campana cool and smooth as a Zamboni with the finish. Oh, but look at this. Pass, people. He bends light to find him. He takes everything into consideration, including the planets around the sun. <laughs> Messi, where the impossible becomes the easy, where the magical becomes the predictable, pulls it out of the fight. 2 2. Right, Hodgson. Just let him go. Just, just let him go. He's just the greatest. Did he say? He fought here. He finds a shot glass on the other side of the bar in another village. <laughs> That's just so great. That was sweet. Lionel Messi now has 13 goal contributions in just eight games. Goals or assists for Inter-Miami. The club is on an eight-game match streak and have lifted their first ever trophy and are now in another final. Talk about an impact. That's why we call it Messi magic. But like I said, Messi's unbelievable. But the MLS is just not very good. So he's just playing down, right? I mean, I'm yeah. To, like, what would you compare? I it would to? compare this to. It's not that I'm not a Michael Jordan fan. got I just cut. Don't understand? Michael Jordan got cut from high school, right? From uh, his high school team. It's like if he played that year in JV. Okay. That's what it's like. I mean, it, it's almost like a guy going from uh, USC and winning the Heisman to saying, "Hey, I'm going to play for University of Richmond and dominate for the Spiders." I mean, it's just. It doesn't make sense. He's still at the peak of his powers. He should be playing in Europe, you know. So why isn't he? Because they gave him a share of the league's profits, oh. you know. I mean, he was getting so offered. So that's why he's, like, sipping cocktails yeah, and stuff. He, he and was just... seen sipping a cocktail an hour before the game. <laughs> I mean, are you freaking kidding me? He's a legend. But also, the MLS is not in a great place right now. <laughs> I guess not. Well, it's not really good for him either. Well, that's why we watch a lot of English Premier League here in Richmond. Top okay. 10 in Premier League viewing. Over to the NFL here on the Sports app. Let me hear that NFL sound. Yes! You know what? I got a bone to pick today with the Arizona Cardinals. They are the commander's first game of the season, but they just made things tougher for the entire NFC East. The Cardinals traded versatile defender Isaiah Simmons, who was the number eighth overall selection in the 2020 draft, a stud out of Clemson to the New York Giants. For sending a 2024 seventh round pick, what? make it make sense. First year head coach Jonathan Gannon elected to move on from the talented defender who has never settled into one specific role since arriving in Arizona. Seventh round. Yeah, he he is a stud. The problem is the Cardinals couldn't find the right position for him because he's like a a slender linebacker. I think he could play safety, like kind of like a safety. Landon Collins yeah. kind of thing. He's Jeremy 25 Chin. years old. He's yet to, yet to miss a game in his NFL career, starting 37 times, 258 tackles, seven and a half sacks, seven forced fumbles, and oh yeah, 
Now he's going to be starting for the New York Giants this season. They're coming to your neck of the woods. Yeah, it just sucks. Mm. What are the Cardinals doing? They are going to be the worst team in the NFL this season, and that's why. You gave them three and fourteen. Week one is a must-win for old Ron Rivera. One and two. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the Commanders, Rivera did say today with reporters that Chase Young could be cleared from his stinger injury tomorrow and has a doctor appointment to check things out. We'll talk some commanders with Josh Taylor coming up in a little bit here. But speaking of the NFL, the Colts are now taking offers for Jonathan Taylor as the Raiders are taking offers for Josh Jacobs. And both guys has re- have received interest from the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins trying to make a splash before the season and bring in another running back. Sam Darnold. Do you hear the news about Sam Darnold? No. On San Fran? He wins the quarterback two battle. Yeah. Trey Lance now in limbo on the trade block. How many games did he play in college? Who, Trey Lance? Yeah. I don't know. I know Purdy played like 30. Yeah. He probably played like 10 or 12. Yeah. Well, he's just not. He's not along in his development. No, he's not. And that's another reason why I don't like any of the rookie quarterbacks this year either. All right? I don't like these young quarterbacks who can run and think that they're going to be Russell Wilson or RG3. The NFL adjusts defensively, and these guys won't last. Bryce Young will not play 17 weeks this season. C.J. Stroud will get taken out for, uh, what is it, Davis Mills or something like that. And Anthony Richardson... The Colts might just keep them in, but they're not going to win many games this season either. Speaking of the NFL, last thing I wanted to mention, Ezekiel Elliott feels right at home with the Patriots, said, quote, I'm a good fit. Now, they won't ask him to do everything and be an every down back, but I do think Zeke's still got some gas left in his tank, and Bill Belichick will find a way to use him. Yards per game has gone down every year for the last seven years. But But it's also uh, because the Cowboys have been running him into the dirt. And they had Pollard. Yeah, now they have Pollard, who I don't think is going to be that great as an every down back. You you worry about his durability. You really do. I mean, especially if they're pounding it to him first and 10, second and nine, and then they're going to throw a screen pass to him on third down, he's not going to last. That's why I don't like the Cowboys this season. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We got the Commander's Corner coming up next. Your home for AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Live and local here in Richmond, Virginia from 12 to 3 p.m. Shortened version of AWOD Radio today as I'll hand it off to the Washington Nationals radio broadcast team as they take over at 12.35, getting you set up for a 105 first pitch between the Nats and the Yankees in New York with Patrick Corbin on the mound for your Nats, who are 58 and 69 on the season. But we are just a few weeks away from the start of the NFL season, and I know I'm fired up for the Washington Commanders. Let's do a little Commander's Corner here on AWOD Radio. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Josh Taylor. What's going on, Josh? What's going on, Adam? Doing pretty good here. How fired up are you for Sam Howell, man? 
I'm ready. I, I've been a Sam Howell fan since he was at North Carolina. I love what he does on the field and off the field. He's such a good guy. So I've been pulling for him regardless. I, I wanted him to land in Washington, and we got lucky, and I think he's going to do well. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does, man. Josh Taylor is a Washington Commanders content creator on YouTube, working for Bleacher Report as well. So uh, my only concern with Sam Howell is the same thing as last season. You know, Carson Wentz didn't have enough time in the pocket. Taylor Heineke was running for his life. Where's your confidence level right now in the offensive line for the Commanders? I would say it's at like a yellow <laughs> if I had to give it like a color. Um, I, I'm not 100% confident in it. Obviously, I think there's a couple things that we're still waiting to see from this offensive line group, especially everybody just playing at the same time, everyone healthy. That's the biggest thing. And I think with Eric Bieniemy too, he's going to want, you know, Sam Howell to get the ball out quick. It's going to be a lot of, you know, play action, a lot of RPO, but also some quick passing concepts, which helps out the offensive line. You're not having to block for, you know, three, four seconds. Um, Sam's going to want to get rid of it quick, but at the same time, I think we definitely need to see that continuity get going to where Sam does have a clean pockets where he can stand in it like he did against the Ravens and get in a rhythm and really get things going. So I'm not freaking out yet. I'm, I'm going to give it a little bit. I don't think it'll be as bad as we saw against like the, the Lions and the Eagles to start the season last year, uh, but I definitely think it could get better before the season starts. Commander season begins Sunday, September 10th against the Arizona Cardinals. And Josh, you know, the theme of the Rivera era has been these slow starts and then the team gets going and tries to make a playoff push. Is it crazy to say this is a must-win game in week one for Washington this season with how tough the schedule gets week three and four? Yeah, especially with the, the Cardinals coming at home um, with, you know, it seems like they're rebuilding already, you know, just traded away Isaiah Simmons. They're not going to have um, Kyler Murray. We might see Clayton Toon. Uh, McCoy might be coming back to Washington to start yeah. a quarterback. We'll see. Uh, so just a lot of question marks with their team. Buda Baker wasn't happy this offseason. So in my opinion, if you can't beat the Cardinals, I'm not sure who you can beat. You know, Washington always seems to beat like that random really good team in the middle of the season. But I, I think it's important to get that fast start, um, especially when you think about how close Washington's missed the playoffs in the last few years. Obviously, you know, uh, that COVID year we did go to the playoffs, lost to the Bucks, But it seems like we're always in contention at the late end of the season. But we're not in a position because of how we started the season. It's, 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 it's really how you start but how you finish as well. Um, so I think it's important to get that fast start going. Josh Taylor with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, Josh Taylor FB. So Rivera announced to the media this morning that Chase Young would most likely be back at practice tomorrow. Of course, he had that stinger injury. They're going to have doctors evaluate him one more time. But if Chase Young is able to come back and be an impact player, this defense really could be elite. I'm just wondering, you know, do you believe that Chase Young will be able to come back and play an entire season, or do you think he's injury-prone now and this is something that we're going to have to watch out for? I mean, it, it was a really bad injury, and I don't want to list someone as injury-prone just because you never really know um, what that process looked like. I mean, we didn't really know what Alex Smith's injury looked like until we actually went in-depth with it all and saw how bad it was. Um, but Chase's injury was really bad, and it's one that you have to you know watch closely, but... I'm telling you what, Adam, like I was at training camp for about two weeks and he looks phenomenal. I know it's practice, it's different, but just seeing the confidence last year, he had the giant brace on. He seemed really hesitant. It just seemed like this season he was more free. Um, I know he's got a little stinger right now that he's dealing with, but it's not like that long-term 
uh, thing that I'm worried about. He, he just looks fresh. He looks rejuvenated. And he had that off the off the snap kind of uh, ability. Just just to, he just looked comfortable. He wasn't hesitant. He wasn't like second guessing. And he just looks like he's back to his natural self. And we definitely need that back um, on this defensive line, especially you know not picking up his fifth year. I think he has. This is a season where he wants to prove that he is who everyone thinks he is. So you mentioned you were out at training camp. What was it like seeing Coach Eric Bieniemy up close and personal? I'm all in on Coach EB. Just loved his play calling throughout preseason. The one thing I noticed is there's so much spacing this year, and so many guys can run after they catch the ball because of that. Yeah, I, I'm telling you what, I love EB, and the fans love him too. I mean, it seemed like when they're like the players are running out, Terry's obviously like the biggest chant, and then Chase, and then people were right there to just screaming EB every time he came out. Um, and the thing that stands out with him is how intense he is. I know it's something obviously it's been talked about, you know, players complaining about it, whatever. But his coaching style, I love it. He's he's very passionate, but he does everything with a purpose. Whether it's, you know, critiquing something or if he does something wrong, he's just as hard on himself as he is with the players. Um, and he just keeps everyone accountable. I think that's something we've been missing for so long. But with his offensive scheme, like I said, he's going to want to deal up these these quick passing concepts. And I think because of it, you're going to see guys like J- Jahan Dotson look like a wide receiver one because of what he can do in space and what he can do after the catch. And then same with Terry. He's going to be able to get those passes like he did against the Eagles the last few years, these short slants, and take them upfield for these big gains. Um, and then Logan Thomas looks healthy, a guy like Cole Turner who loves to go vertical. He's going to get some open spaces. Um, and then Curtis and Antonio Gibson in the backfield and in the slot, wherever you put them, there's just so many things you can do with this offense. Like you said, spacing the defense out and putting a lot of stress on the defense to, to be in a position to guard all these weapons we have. There's so much energy and excitement and buzz surrounding the Washington Commanders right now. And, I mean, you have to be happy with what Josh Harris has done so far. There's a good article this morning I was reading how Josh Harris and Joe Gibbs came together to restart the Commanders engine. It's just so great to see an owner, you know, going in the booth on ESPN Monday Night Football, being on the sidelines of practices and games. You have to be happy with what Josh Harris has done so far. Yeah, he was he was in preseason form in the booth as well. He's he's getting used to being full time in the air, but nonetheless, like you said, it's just something we're not used to. Um, and the first day at training camp when things opened up, like I got to talk to him for a second. He was talking to the fans, and you just you can just tell like that passion from an owner standpoint is there. And I have a lot of friends that are Philly fans, you know, seventy six fan, New Jersey uh, Devils fans. Just really been talking to them about Josh Harris as an owner. You know, as, you know, the rumors came out and then when the sale uh, went final, and people are just, I haven't heard one bad thing about the guy. And that's the thing that stood out to me is he's passionate about it. Um, and then you listen to, to Magic Johnson talk and how he was bought in because of Josh Harris. And it's just a completely different field. I know it's just preseason. I know it's just practice. But you can tell the fans are coming back. There were so many fans I talked to. They were first-time, you know, visitors at practice. Their first time coming to a preseason game. They're just the energy is finally back. And as a as an actual like lifelong fan that grew up in Central Virginia, Northern Virginia, like around Fredericksburg, um, it's good. It, it, this is something that we've needed for so long. It, it feels like we can finally be actual fans of this team again. I agree. It feels like we have our team back. Uh, got it back from the devil. (laughs) Uh, Josh Taylor is with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media. Josh Taylor FB is a commander's content creator. Check out his YouTube channel, JTFB, working for Bleacher Report as well. So I believe that Sam Howell has looked so good in preseason 
that right now Washington can be bet on the over-under at 6.5. I believe Vegas will bet that up to 7.5 wins by the start of the season. So take the over right now while you can. Do you agree over 7 wins, Josh? I'm taking seven wins. I, you know, you just it's not even just our team, but you look around the NFC and how things have changed over the last season. I know things can change throughout the whole season. You, you just never know what could happen. But just looking going game by game, I really think this is a team that could win nine games. I think they can sneak into the playoffs. And based off of how this offense performs, and, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing, is how far can Sam Howell take them? He's not going to have to be like Patrick Mahomes or even Herbert or Josh Allen, one of these guys. The defense is going to do what they do, get turnovers, get to the quarterback, you know, stop the other team from scoring, obviously. But I think the, the running game is going to be huge. Like, you go back to that Eagles game and how we upset them in Philadelphia last year. Defense is getting turnovers. Defense is all over the place. But Brian Robinson was just wearing that defense down, and we just controlled that whole game. Um, and I think when you add Sam Howell's ability to go deep and really carve up a defense, it just adds to it even more. So people are saying, oh, this is a team that's, you know, going to win under six games. Like, we did that without Sam Howell and without a passing offense. So you add that to this offense finally, and I think this is a nine, maybe, I hate to say ten, you know, be too uh, optimistic, but I think this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one last year, and I think Biennemi is worth at, worth at least one victory. Josh, let's oh, have wait. you predict an offensive player of the year for the Commanders. I'm going to go on record and say Jahan Dotson. I mean, there's so many options, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Howell, McLaurin, but Dotson's a wide receiver one, and I just love the way he runs his routes. He's just It's like he's a magician. You know, he's able to create space against some of the best corners, and he's always going to catch the ball. My offensive player of the year is Jahan Dotson. Who are you going with? I mean, I'm going to go with you with Jahan. I covered Penn State the last few years um, before uh, this season started, and I'm telling you, people are like, who is this guy? Like, man, I wanted Chris Olave. I wanted Drake London. I wanted Garrett Wilson. I'm like, nah, I'm telling you guys, Jahan Dotson has the best hands in the draft class. And, like, you see it with his ability to – you call it a catch rate. It's his ability to go up and and get the ball, even though it's not, like, hitting him right on the numbers. But his ability after the catch – I mean, he had seven touchdowns last year with with missing, what, how many games did he miss? Three or four games last year? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, with if he would have had a full season, he would have been the most productive wide receiver on the team, and he might have had an actual case for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, His first three catches in the red zone were all touchdowns. Um, I mean, his, his release package is ridiculous, and you fit him into this offense once again with Sam Howell, but also with what Eric Bieniemy wants to do. It is a perfect fit, and I know John Dotson's going to love it here. He's going to love catching balls from uh, Sam Howell. And I, I hate saying it's not a knock on Terry, but I think at the end of the season, I think John Dotson's going to have the most production of any wide receiver on the team. Josh, great stuff, man. Tell my audience where they can get in touch with you and follow your work throughout the football season. Yeah, like I said, on Twitter, um, at Josh Taylor SB, and then on YouTube, JTFB, doing a lot of content there. Um, and also, like I said, on the Bleacher Report app, doing a lot of pregame and uh, after uh, postgame reactions on the Bleacher Report app, doing some live streams. Uh, so, yeah, follow me there. I'll be going to some games as well this season. So, if you see me there, stop and say, hey. Awesome, man. Let's do this again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, it's the Washington Nationals in New York against the Yankees. Coming up next.